Hey, my name is Phil Cruz. Welcome to Cruising a Field. Another episode today. I have a special guest. My first time having a fellow podcaster, Mr. Nick Goldish. I got it right. <laughs> we went over this a few times. So close. Hey, Nick, how you doing, buddy? Doesn't matter. How you doing? Phil, yeah, you really hey, never had you never had another podcaster. I'm the first one. No, on I think it's my my first one. Yeah, yeah. All right, my first one. First cool. One, yeah, cool. You're like, yeah, my first one. Yeah, and you're actually close to my you're close to my 95 mark of uh, 100 episodes coming up. Oh, sweet. Oh, I remember 100. 100 was a good time. <laughs> we are close. <laughs> That's awesome. I remember when I first got my 100th episode. That was awesome. Very cool. Oh, yeah. I saw the, uh, I saw your thing on video. With the, uh, your 100. Or no, it was your, uh, was your 2000 episode or something? No, we, I did 200. 200, uh, yeah. 200. The first podcast I did, the Dependent Independent podcast, was supposed to be a 200 episode podcast. And people would say to me, like, why, how come only 200 episodes? And I said, well, it's just <laughs> enough that. I didn't quit at a hundred, but at probably 200, I think I want to do something else. But I used to do like small episodes in between my main episodes. I actually didn't officially do 200 full episodes. I just kind of decided, I think I'm done in yeah. 2020 because that's when I started my business. I was taking most of the things I wanted to talk about and putting in my content for my to promote my business. And I just went straight to, to 200, but 100 was a, a big deal. Actually, 100 was a crazy deal because I did my 100th episode five years this month. And that was the first time. Oh, that actually, we can get into that. I, I'll actually, I, that's a good one. If you want, we can talk yeah, yeah, about okay. that. So introduce yourself, Nick, and tell us who people you are. All right. So I'm, my name is Nick Goblish. I am a uh, corporate HR leader turned professional house painter. I was in an HR leadership positions throughout my 20 year career following college and which I didn't study. I just kind of stumbled into it. And uh, now I'm being an entrepreneur for the last five years. And now I work with individuals and organizations that are going through on top of the house painting, going through change, any type of organizational or individual change, especially with career change, midlife, which can be really scary and crazy. And what I do is I, I coach them on mitigating a lot of the obstacles that get in the way, mostly created by ourselves to keep us from really doing something that we enjoy doing, something we're passionate about, we're raised too much in an environment that we're told to find safe paths all the time. But being in HR for 20 years, I can tell you with the amount of layoffs and company changes I've dealt with, even when times were good, I don't think there's anything safe. You always have to be able to adapt and overcome. And I now have the opportunity to work with people that go through that. So that's that's a lot of fun. That's really a lot of fun. And I campaign houses forever. So yeah, speaking and okay. coaching is something I'm really looking forward to do uh, till I can't talk anymore. I want to be able to do it. I don't want to retire at 65. I want to be able to talk and write books and yeah. do as much as I can to pay it forward with all the experience I have with change. Yeah, I remember reading your story. You got laid off and... So what happened after you got laid off? You realize so that? no, so so my 100th episode, my my I, I've been a podcaster, uh, just like Phil. I've been creating podcast content since 2000, the end of 2014. Uh, I published my first podcast, it went live on January 2015. It was called the Dependent Independent Podcast. That was in my late 30s, and <clears throat> I was struggling. Uh, there was a lot of things I was learning about myself and hadn't really even discovered about myself. But at the time, I had a really difficult time making friends. And I was working with a close friend of mine who had started his own business. He had left corporate. We had worked in the same. I was already, I was still working in a corporate job. 
he started his own business and I helped him build all his online marketing promotional things with YouTube and Facebook. So I had video equipment, audio equipment. I've been messing around with that stuff since I was a kid. My dad exposed me to that stuff when we were really young. And uh, he convinced me to, hey, you listen to podcasts. Why don't we do a podcast? And and I did some research and bought Idiot's Guide to Podcasting, bought an inexpensive mic, plugged it into my computer. And uh, that's pretty much where it all it all started. And then it was really about bringing people on the show that I connected with through the show. I used the show as a platform to make friends, to build relationships. But it was great because I had all this experience as an interviewer in HR and, and human resources. And I was able to really pull a lot of information out of people, maybe information they would most likely not share on normal podcasts, which was a lot of fun. And I was, to fast forward, I was doing the, the podcasting and I was speaking at podcast conferences, starting to really understand that maybe I was meant to do something a little bit different than what career path I, I had chosen and was very fairly successful. And I was in a high executive job, my last HR job. But when I got laid off, but it was all this whole amalgam of midlife crisis and, and deciding that's not what I want to do anymore, that when I uh, uh, got laid off, uh, ironically, it was approaching my 100th episode. And we had scheduled, uh, I got a small space in a local bar here in their whiskey room downstairs. They built this whole space down in the basement. And I like doing live events. I like promoting things. I had fans of the show come and I had them on the show. But ironically, uh, which I made some mistakes in deciding that I didn't want to go back to my career or at least jump back in my career. Uh, I had mentioned it to someone at the party, but I never really told my wife that I didn't was I wasn't going to do that. So she found out from someone while we were there and I remember having her on the show, like interviewing her on, on the microphone. And I realized that uh, looking back, I could tell she was very angry with me and she was hiding it like while we were talking. Mm-hmm. And when I looked back on that show and realized after she t- spoke to me afterwards that uh, I never was going to post that show. So I think I lied and told my audience that the hundredth episode was the live episode was scrapped. The audio was terrible. I think we ended up setting up a microphone, Phil, like underneath a giant speaker. It was awful. Like it was really terrible. You had to scream in the microphones, but it was cool. I mean, it was really, it was a cool experience, but it was more of an experience of that. Some of the hard things about deciding to make a change that is going to impact your family on why it's so important to really talk to your family about it versus just kind of plowing through it, which one of my latest buckets of change podcasts is I had my wife on the show over the holiday break, episode eight. Yeah. And she, she shared her, we've talked a lot about it. I mean, it's been five years. We've talked a lot about it. I've learned a lot about myself in that process and her the same. That's why I asked you a question. You mentioned uh, after you quit, you got laid up. Yeah. Yeah. You were making friends. You had no friends back then. Just kind of curious why you mentioned that. No, I, um, when, well, making friends was about the podcast. <clears throat> yeah. That's why I had the. It was because you were working HR for so long that it was hard to make. No, friends. yeah, I, uh, I came up. I talk about this when I work with people on change is about commitments, about when, when you have an agreement with yourself, like if you wake up every day and assume that the day is going to be crappy, uh, most likely you'll behave in a way that 
based on that assumption that your day is going to be crappy. Uh, out of protection of myself during the recession, when I kind of really started really getting a taste for what I, where my strengths were in my career, I worked at a retail organization that went through an enormous amount of layoffs, <clears throat> excuse me, over three years time. I mean, every six months I was firing probably 200 people and I was very good at it. I mean, it was very good. Later in my career, I became that person that companies would hire when they went through organizational change, which some of the most difficult changes were laying off employees. I just made a commitment to myself that I didn't want to make friends at work because I didn't want to be sitting across the desk of someone who I had to determine whether or not they would keep their job. But also, I never wanted to be in a situation where once my strengths were managing performance and really helping managers manage their employees, I didn't want to have any friends at work and have one of them be part of those. I, you know, I kind of, I would lose my, um, I would lose my, I, I thought credibility. I didn't, I needed to maintain that. I kind of started fitting a mold. Like this is the mold I need to fill. I didn't even make friends with the people I work with, like my teams, not till later in my career, like my last two jobs did I really start opening up with my employees I just was a different person because I thought that's what get me ahead. That's what really would get me ahead. When I became a podcaster and I was honest and, you know, I know you've struggled with my last name, but I even to a point would call myself Nick G on my podcast, Phil, because <laughs> I, I was afraid that someone from work would hear me on my podcast and think differently about me, which then later in my career, people that I work with listen to my show. So then it just became this, this thing that it's funny how we, we figure like the world needs to view us a specific way and we have absolute control over it. So if we wanted to look at the world, to look at ourselves this way, then here's the, here's the, the act I need to put on in order to do it, because I don't believe we can be all things to all people, but we can be an authentic one. You know, one thing I like about you, Phil is extremely authentic, man. You're you dude. So uh, I don't, you know, you're always you how you communicate, how we've connected, stuff you've shared with me, the help you've given me. It's, it's, it's genuine. I just found myself on this path of trying to be something every time I was somewhere. And I didn't like myself for that. So I needed to, you know, needed to absolutely make a change. Just unfortunately, that change was picking a new career, which I thought that would help, or at least just leaving this career behind. But again, making the big mistake because I didn't tell my wife that uh, that I was going to. I have become much better at. Why, why did you tell her? I'm just curious. Why didn't you tell her? I don't know, man. I, I I think I told her. I think my intent was not to keep things from her. My yeah. intent was to. Um, I don't remember. Every time I went for a job, I, I just kind of went and did it. I went and interviewed and got the job and got the offer and signed the paperwork and started and provided, you know, just provided for my family. I didn't really think that my job really affected, you know, I mean, later in my career, my executive career, I mean, I made a pretty good salary, which allowed us to afford a lot of things. And I think it, it was fearful because knowing that a change in career could affect that lifestyle, but we weren't married. I, at least I wasn't married to it. Um, she processed it as I didn't trust her. There was a part of me. I kind of fell into a trap where my friend of mine who started his business kind of went through the same thing with his wife. And 
I just was like, what do I do? And he provided me like, this is what you need to do. Um, Megan, uh, I know we didn't talk a lot about this on our podcast, but I could see the fears she had, uh, she projected on me. And I had to be very careful because anytime I talked about what I wanted to do, I would most likely get a negative or a, well, I don't know if that's a good idea type of response. And I'm a very, once I figure out what I want to do, I'm fairly determined and disciplined. The last thing you want to do is have someone in the, in your ear telling you it can't be done. That's just not how I, I roll. Anytime we make changes in our lives, usually it's the people that are closest to us, especially in our careers that are trying to tell us that maybe it's a good, it's not a good idea. I mean, I can't tell you how many times I still to this day go to social events and people come up to you and be like, so how's uh, how's business? Is it good? Because everyone assumes that anytime someone is an entrepreneur, they fail. Like I, I just, I don't, cause it's not safe. It's not considered oh, yeah. safe, but I, it's great because I have this insight knowing that you can make a six high six figure, you know, <clears throat> close to almost $200,000 a year in a salary and, and still lose your job. Like you could, you could there's no guarantee of anything. Uh, so I think with, with Meg, part of it was, I didn't want to put myself in that situation. I mean, actually all that kind of came after I made the decision. Uh, but I didn't understand it. I didn't really understand what, what my actions actually did or could do to someone in the family. Because me, I knew if you ask my mother-in-law, Phil, and I'll end on this, I'll end this thought on this. She, she always said to me, I'm a hustler. Back in 2000, when I left college, I did door-to-door -door sales for two years. I was terrible at it. Didn't make any money. I didn't eat at all. Like I didn't, I, I lived with a bunch of guys for this multi-level marketing company. We traveled the country and eventually had to quit and moved in with my in-laws at the time and had nothing. Like my first car got repossessed out of their driveway. It, it, I had nothing. That was 2000, October, 2000. And I hustled, I worked, I started at a movie theater. Then I started working in the casinos and HR and then kind of just hustled and hustled and hustled. So my mother-in-law has always been this advocate knowing that no matter what I try and do, I'm going to figure it out. Um, which is awesome, which is really cool. It's just she, the ironic thing is she wasn't telling me that she wasn't saying anything to me back then. Like she was just as concerned because I was, a, I think as a family unit, I, I kind of was, you know, really climbing the corporate ladder. And I think I was viewed as this guy that like, wow, it's amazing what this guy's done, not knowing anything about, you know, not going to school for it and just kind of, you know, flying up there. And it freaked everybody out. But now, you know, they look at it and, you know, it's tough with the speaking and coaching process, even though I did that more, ironically, I did that more as a professional in HR than I did as a painter. I have to be careful who I share that with, because you still get that kind of, mm, really? What is it? I, I just, uh, it's a shame. It's a shame that uh, we forget that it's the hard work that really makes people successful. Yeah. And, and, and adapting and changing and moving forward versus just things being handed to you or, or I pick this path. So this path is going to be more successful than this path. I think that's, that's a we farce. We talked about this before on the, on the phone. So I had a question. Yeah. I was not a personal question. It's an outsourced question for everybody. Fear of being credible to people. 
I talked about this before. Yeah. When I when I was when I was going door to door, uh, that was I think the family all looked at me like I was a psycho. I can't believe my wife like we were dating during that time. Like she was in school and I was just trying to figure myself out. And there was a time in my career where as I started getting jobs, I wanted, you know, I wanted my in-laws who are parent parental figures to feel like I was legitimate and credible at what I did, even as, as a young professional in HR, because I accelerated at the age I was at, my peers were always older than me. They were always older than me. And it was great. Cause then when I hit my forties, I was like, Oh, thank God. Now everybody's my age. Like I don't, cause I felt so, I felt like I had so much to prove all the time, like all the time. And sometimes I fall into that trap where I'm like, am I really doing this? Like, is I really doing this? But that's that just a bit of imposter syndrome that comes in and out, you know, every three or four months that I have to say, nope, that's, I'm not going to listen to you. So you're 40 now, right? I'm 48. Oh, you're 40. Oh, you're 48. Sorry. 48. I feel good. I, I, uh, Mike, I, I, someone told me I was going back and forth with someone from high school on Facebook and she said, it's flattering. I never thought I'd ever like be flattered by it, but people always think I'm younger than I look younger than I actually am. Yeah, because if you shave the beard, you look really young. There's a picture oh my of you god! Leave. If I did this, yeah. yeah if I shaved yeah, this a, one, there's a, couple, there's a picture of you the tour in the year at Facebook. You got it all shaved off there, right? Yeah. Yeah, my, Megan. Uh, when I started shaving my head, she's not a big. She does not want that much skin. She always says to me. So, <laughs> as much as so, she likes it. I mean, I'm. If she said, uh, yeah, because when I when I kiss my wife, she's got to deal with this, you know, and I, yeah. it doesn't seem to bother her at all. It just seems oh. to work. I mean, it just seems to be also the. I mean, I know you have you're bald and you have facial hair too. It just, yeah, yeah. it's just, just something shaved, that. It's my shaving day, so I just shaved today this morning. It's so it's so funny how how, uh, you know, you decide you don't want hair on the top of your head, so then you grow no. it on the bottom of your head. I, I don't. Yeah, I don't yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. I get tired of shaving every day in the military for like twenty years every day. Yeah, I guess you're right. Yeah, yeah I. So now I, I just shave. I shave like once a week. <laughs> Yeah, me too. I'll do it like if I'm like I almost gauge it like if I'm going to an event or if I'm doing a yeah, that's all. Yeah, I'll do it. I mean, I'm wearing a hat now. Like I, I, you know, I didn't shave today, but but like next, ironically, yeah, I'm. uh, You know, we're talking about HR, human resources, and and now that I'm coaching and and speaking on change, I've been out of the space for a while, and I think I'm going to talk about this on my podcast tomorrow. That I'm I'm going, which I thought I would never really do. Go to uh, these dinner meetings that a local professional HR chapter, I was a member for 15 years and it was great. It was great networking and you could get involved in committees and things. And I am actually just going for research. Like I'm simply going with like a pad and a pen and just going to talk to people about what's going on in the industry. Like just listen. And, and just so I it can help me understand a little bit more about where I can, what needs I can fill. Like, I, not going with, no pun intended, I guess. Uh, needs I can I can fulfill and, and people I can serve based on that, and it's fun. It's exciting because now I get to do I get to go back to this environment with a completely different set of eyes. And then you have an, you have an agent, right? I do. I have a I have a speaking agent. Yeah, it's uh, we've been working together for a while. Um, I am uh, I'm excited because of what access I have. I mean, the, I, I, she's, she's a lot more of a consultant than an agent uh, because she provides me a lot of resources. Her name is Antonia Rose and her company is Wellness Productions. Um, she, 
is really um, uh, connected to a lot of uh, a lot of things things I never thought I'd be. You know, I know I remember I connected with her about speaking, and I really thought it would just be a speaking. You know, <clears throat> I get speaking gigs, but then there's this whole avenue of coaching, which is kind of my wheelhouse. That now I was able to build this framework I came up with, took all this experience about change and kind of put it into a a follow step-by-step uh, -step follow this process framework that can help people who are going through change deal with whether they're going through significant career changes or we can implement it at a, at a corporation too or an organization, which is fun. I get to practice as I work with, with clients, you know, does this work? Does that work? It, I, I enjoyed training when I was in HR. I love putting together training programs. I like being able to articulate something to someone that might be, that might be confusing. I know I had sent you, did I send you those that playlist of videos when I was yeah, podcasting? Yeah I, watched, yeah, I watched quite a bit of them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Make, making you know make uh, make podcasting easier was this this little. I did these Facebook lives every Wednesday yeah. for like seven or eight weeks, and it was fun. It was cool. Just again, the irony of that was Phil is I felt so uncomfortable doing those videos because. I'm of the mindset and you, I'm sure you're this way. You're very unique, Phil. There's no one I know that does what you do, like talks the way you do about your experiences and, and you're, you're the best Phil, right? And I'm a big proponent. If you're going to do any type of artistic content, be the best you don't try to do what somebody else is doing. Like, because you'll only be as good as they are on their worst day. Right. Hey Nick, and, you told him our next subject. I'm going to ask you a question. Oh you, sure, sure, sure. You want to talk about what we talked on the uh, on the phone the other day? Remember, yeah, you called me. Or you yeah, yeah. So mm -hmm. the question I'm going to ask you is maybe we'll get that is uh, you have an agent and she presents in a certain way, right? Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Remember yep. we talked about that? Yeah. So do you want to talk about that? Oh like, yeah, yeah, that's fine. You know, I thought that's where you were going with that. <laughs> no, it was great. It was great. You're a big help on, especially on my last podcast. Uh, I even said that, like after I talked to you, I talked to her. And, uh, I mean, she's an agent, she's optimistic. So even when I said, I don't really feel right recording my show, I don't, I don't like the way I'm conveying myself. Obviously she was optimistic and said, no, you look great. And all this. And I tried to, I basically explained to her, I said, my best work is comes when it comes from who I, um, who I am. Like I, I can be the best me. But when I'm trying to fit the mold, even almost similar to what I was saying about my HR career, about, you know, you're this executive, you have to, you know, act a certain way. And and it's a shame, but not until late in my career that I felt like I was being myself. I kind of figured it out that I could still be successful. Or when I was myself, I realized I didn't belong in that career anyway. Um, acting was easier to do that. But now moving forward, I always felt that since she was talking to potential producers and speaker bookers that they would go to my content and see me on these videos. And I thought I had to be this, you know, I mean, I'm wearing a t-shirt and a hat when I'm on my podcast, I don't wear that, which I would feel more comfortable with. Instead I'm like, find a college shirt or put a sweater on. And, and I, 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 yeah, I only produced about, I, I think I have two in the can. I need to get, I need to produce, but I kind of stopped it. Like, eight or nine podcast episodes. I need to reinvent what that's going to look like, like whether it be videos before the show or a, a recap after the show. There's some AI tools I want to work with to see maybe I can come up with clips with that 
But I, I had to tell her, I said, I don't like that. I don't like the fact that I'm trying so hard when I don't need to, I can work hard, but I don't need to try that hard. What do you mean so, like trying to work so hard or what? To be what? Like a- uh, putting this image on, like if someone's going to pay me, you know, five grand to stock talk on stage. Yeah, I watch, I watch, uh, I watch, I don't listen to other podcasts in the coaching space. I, I do. There are some that I, I check out, but I'm always of the mindset. Like I don't, if I'm in that space all the time, I don't need really, unless I'm doing some research, I don't need to be entertained with that. I listen to video game pod, you know, movie podcasts. That's the stuff that is interesting to me to listen to podcasts. Wait, say that again. Out the door. Can you do me a favor? Phil, just say that one more time. You were a little bit muffled when you said that. Yeah. I said, when I go to events, I get invited to certain events, you know, uh, functions or get togethers yeah. or meetings. So if I don't, and if I don't become, right, if I don't know anybody, like if I, I'm, I'm a friendly guy, but if, you know, if I don't feel that mode to like, you know, put myself out there and, like purposely being friendly for no reason at all. It's not going to go anywhere with me. I'm going to, I just walk out the door. I just, I just go. Oh, home. what I, <laughs> I get that, that kind of, yeah. you know, you're like the energetic introvert. I'm the yeah, same yeah. way. What I usually do is yeah. I find, I find one or two people and I yeah. lock hip, I lock hips with them. Yeah. And then I build an entire, I, I build a relationship from that event. Like I've, I've made some strong friends just by only for, fo- I'm not a, you know, that's why I'm even I'm even bringing business cards for my coaching, uh, my coaching side of my business and handing them out. But again, it's I'm not you know walking up to somebody. Hey, here you go. I guarantee. Maybe my goal is to hand out five, <laughs> maybe five. I got a, I got the, a good I got a quick question, Fred. Now that you're in your you're 48, now you're in this situation. You're comfortable with yourself. How you yeah. are now? When you see guys say it. In the field you used to work, HR and the business yeah. field. Now when mm-hmm. you see these guys the way they are back, like where they are now, like you say, I was like that back then. You know, like you could say, like, hey, don't have to be like that. <laughs> Look at me. Well, I've I've always um, just because I chose to leave a career doesn't mean that that career is bad. And oh, I had no, to come no, to no, grips. No, no, just that you see how the uh, like you say I was like that back then, like back in twenty years ago, or like HR, you know, on the go, you know, you know. Now you look at yourself now more relaxed. You're more comfortable. Well, no, I can say, I, not that I wasn't a relaxed person. It's just I spent 60, 70 hours being uncomfortable. Yeah. I so guess you, you see a different mentality, right? No, but maybe, maybe it was, I've learned that a lot of it, I, I don't think it had to be, it wasn't really my situation. I think it was more me. It's, it's, uh, I mean, for instance, I have a, a, a client I was talking to today and he is, uh, I mentioned him on the podcast, my podcast before spent a long time. He's, he's in his probably early, I think he's in his early thirties. He, uh, sm- small kids, you know, kind of where I was at that same time, accelerated in his career, did extremely well, a lot of leadership, uh, qualities, but decided at the company he was working at, he, uh, wanted to make more money, more flexibility, and he went and got a job as a salesperson at a, at a company. And it wasn't what he expected, not at all. And after six weeks, decided that he needed to change. Now, he had he and I had talked, and he kind of knew what I was doing. So I've been kind of working with him a little bit. And we had a talk today about how he was feeling. And 
if you went back and talked to Nick back in 2018, in October, November, when I was deep into my depression, because I was going through this like crazy crisis of who am I and what am I doing? And can I do this? Uh, he's ha he sounds like me. He, all the problems he's having, it sounds like me. And I had to give him tough love and basically say that, you know, although your problems, you think they're problems, they're all yours. You've created them all. And you're the only one who can fix them. Like if you do not, I, I even said this, and this is, I'm gonna put this on a t-shirt. If you change nothing, in a difficult situation or a bad situation, it's you will never have to worry about what's going to happen because you know exactly how you're going to feel. You know exactly what's going to happen. It's it's awesome actually. Like you you don't have to worry about anything. It's it's so predictable. But the moment you decide to do something different or find a different path, that's when things get scary because you can't see what's going to happen. And when you get more in tune with accepting that and knowing that you don't know what your next step's going to bring that then it's it gets even better it's like oof like who knows what's going to happen today and then you really become in the moment you're not constantly thinking about what's going to happen and what's going to happen and what's going to happen like i used to go to those you know how you said you go to a a meeting or a conference and if you can't you don't make you you, you beeline to the door <laughs> i would go and just analyze like who's there and who am i going to see and and what am I going to talk about and how am I going to present myself? I mean, when I used to go to these dinner meetings, I used to wear my, you know, I, I was setting an expectation or, or fulfilling an expectation for those individuals that looked at me as a really sharp HR guy. And now I get to go to the same, same <laughs> dinner meeting so, and, and just be like, Hey, how you doing? Yeah. I paint houses and uh, I'm a coach on change. What's up? So you're, you know, so I, like you're kind of recycling eh? life. Yeah. 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 But to go back to answer your question. Yeah. I, I do see, um, I don't really like, I wouldn't really, if I'm hearing your question correctly, I don't really spend a lot of time with people that, that, uh, hate what they do. Like my clients may say that they're, they want something more, but if someone just comes to me and says they hate what they do, yeah. And that's all they want to tell me. I can't, I'm no good to them. I can't yeah. help them. Well, yeah, they get a mindset, right? Yeah, it's it's great. There are people out there that love bitching and moaning about their oh, yeah, situation. Yeah. Like I train, guys, I train guys at the gym. Like I train a few, they don't they have a mindset. No, I'm not going to do this. I'm not going to, I'm not going to, well, like, no use training you. <laughs> you got a mindset, you know? Yeah, it's fine. I mean, I, I'm honest with them too. I mean, someone actually reached out to me today on LinkedIn. Someone who who she and I were almost... I, I, when I say peers, I mean, we, every time we were looking for new, op we actually interviewed for the same jobs at some places. Like she was this person who was always like next to me, Okay. but I, but she said in her message, I had no, I, she, I didn't know that she left the career to raise a family. And now she wants, she's unsure if she wants to get back in HR or do whatever. And sometimes if people want to get into careers, I have all this experience in HR. I could, you know, if you for instance, if you said, Nick, I really want to become, I really want to get into marketing. You and I could probably sit down for like six months and put together like a really cool plan and execute it. And you, I could find, you can find a marketing job, but that's all just tapping on my HR skill set. It's nothing to do with my coaching skills and, and, and helping people kind of grow and blossom and become better, you know, in, in that marketing job, let's say. And the, uh, I saw her message, this, this uh, peer of mine Send it on LinkedIn and I was going to respond, but I wanted to wait till tonight. And the questions I just want to ask her is like, what are you afraid of? Like, that's all I want to say is, what are you afraid of? 
because I want to make sure if she's afraid of something, I can help her. If she just looks, you know, she's looking for something else. I, I'm not the right person for, I could turn her over to six recruiters that can help her out. But I think it's fun. It's fun. I, I learned that in painting and I learned that in coaching that you can't be all things to all people. You have to be really clear on what you offer and this, what, how you serve others and stick to it versus trying to, you know, you and I might be, I don't know if you're a people pleaser, but deep down I am. So you want to help as many people as you can, but you can't, yeah. you have to be honest. No, you and, can't, no. and you got to really, yeah. that's a good, that's a good subject uh, in the next segment, but uh, what you said about help, help people. I have met, I'm for myself personally, met through a lot of people myself and now people I know to go through the process, you know, like the, uh, they would help somebody, say a certain person, they might be a narcissist or a certain mm -hmm. type, but no matter what they do and then they come back to me yeah. and they feel, I feel bad. I said, you know what, you got to re realize you've done a little bit you can, whatever you believe in or whatever you don't believe in. You got to say to yourself, I've done what I can as you in peace. That's because, that's because that person appealed to you because of your personality because it doesn't appeal to them yeah. and they don't like that it's like it's jealousy or narcissism it's just a case of uh you can only do so much right like yeah. you said, if you got a, mm -hmm. a mindset no matter how much you do and you'll say and, they, and yeah, i guess all the time people always tell me oh i did this for this person i helped this and they burned me in the end and i go well yeah, that's part of life but you know what don't feel bad about yourself because you do what do you feel good do what you did to that person help yeah, yeah 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 even at that yeah even you did that, you did something analyze. good no one don't analyze because you got that these I always say for every one person, they're going to burn you. There's, all the, there's 10 other people out there they are going to burn. Yeah, that's right? fine. I mean, you have to, but you again. Gotta, you got to realize you can't always feel guilty for everything, right? You yeah, just, or also, you know, yeah. I, 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 yeah, I've had some bad experiences with customers where you figure you did everything you could and you can't make yeah. them happy. It's just not your, it's not your problem. It's their problem. Yeah, you just got to like realize you've done what you bet you can as a person inside. That's why they, yeah, they're attracted to your personality and your persona because that's who you are, right? They can see that. You know, like they read around, kind of like they read around the good people. Like, I'm not saying they're all bad, that they're good energy. I love that energy. I want to take with that energy. I want to learn from that energy. But you know what? I still got a mindset. <laughs> and I work a lot. And you've yeah. seen my content. I work a lot with how, how powerful the mind is and how, yeah. how if you don't, I mean, we're not separate from our minds, but our minds are biologically made to do certain things that we don't know it's doing to protect us, to keep us safe to avoid harmful things. It's our mind is, you know, our brains it's have evolved like to keep us alive. I know people like that. The routine, they like, they like being comfortable, not a way in their loners, but they just like, they don't want to be burned. That's anymore. fine. That's great. That's awesome. Like I would never, I used to think like, even when I, I think I was alluding to a little bit of this before is when I was in, you know, I left this corporate job, you know, and I was angry. I, I had, I had to get, so I didn't grieve my career. I had to get pissed at it. Kind of like a girlfriend that, that, you know, cheated on you. You know, it's easier to get mad at her than it is to just dump somebody who's been nice to you. And I, I found like when I would talk about it, that I would, and my friend being uh, another friend of mine, we would talk about being entrepreneurs and that we left corporate, like corporate was the enemy, you know, like it's being an entrepreneur is the only way to do it. And then a short time went by and started realizing that that's stupid. That's why, like, that's just, then we just talk about paths. It doesn't matter what it is. It, I, I would never tell anyone if like there, you know, there was a time where I really enjoyed being in corporate America. And there are other people in there that, you know, executives, uh, men or women who have like a beach yeah. house. And yes. When I go to the next segment, I got a question to ask you next one. Oh, you want me to stop? Yeah, I'm going to go to the next segment. I'm going to ask you a question. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. So Let me know what are we I'll end this one. And I'll do the next. Oh, one. I got you because you run yeah, out yeah. of time. 
yeah, right, yeah. I'm talking about your I'm talking about your object. <laughs> you're so funny, dude. All right. I'll, all right. Let me get out of this I'll one. I'll go on the next one. I'll go about five minutes. All right. <laughs>